Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. Well, it's all Welcome to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes, listening to Alternative Talk, AM 1150. So great to be here again, Eric, as I was walking into the station this afternoon, I just thought, I actually thought, it's so great to be here again. Really love doing the show and talking to so many amazing people over the years. And Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. You know what I really, really, really love is when listeners of the show contact me. And especially, well, I love it just in, you know, anyway, Sh- uh, show ideas, uh, feedback about episodes or questions, of course, um, requests for car stickers, because we mm-hmm. have really, really cute uh, car stickers that you can, that, you know, they are uh, weatherproof, uh, liquid proof. <laughs> and urine proof. And urine proof. Uh, actually, that's not been tested. That's not been tested. Um, we can only imagine. So it looks like the logo on our website, which is, uh, the website's dogradioshow.com. It's that orange dog with the microphone in his mouth and headphones. Uh, it's really cute. And I see them on cars all over the Puget Sound region. They're so, all over yeah. Seattle for sure. The Seattle area. And they are all over the country too. I just got an email from a listener in North Dakota and, uh, she's got a few dog uh, dog show car stickers on the way out to her as we speak. Great. We'll find out if they're snowproof, I guess. Yeah, I know. She was, uh, it was really cute. She was, um, had been just, uh, she's a new listener, had just found uh, the show online and um, had listened to, uh, I think, the recent uh, episode that I had rerun of uh, my initial interview with Miriam Rose about nose work. And she said the nearest nose work class to her was in Canada. But. Mm. That's not that far from well, North Dakota. No, maybe not. <laughs> um, so anyway, if you would like a car sticker, just email me, host at dogradioshow.com, and give me your address and tell me how many you want, and I'll send them out to you. You can also fill out through our contact form on our website. Uh, you can do it that way as well. So, uh, And, you know, feel free to get in touch if you have show, uh, you know, ideas for a show a guest, whoever, you know, I'm always open to that. Um, have if you want to take issue of whether it's a good day to take your dog for a walk or not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you want to have a more in-depth conversation about whether or not it is a good day to walk your dog, well, I don't know. It's kind of, uh, I don't, can barely see the Seattle skyline from the studio here. It's a little soggy out there today. So. You know, I'm not a weather complainer in yeah. general. Same here. I'm not. I grew up in New England. It's you know, winters are cold and long and summers are hot and humid. It's like Seattle's mild. Yeah. I think I was spoiled last year by the lack of, I mean, we had such a gorgeous, we just had sun like all year long. And I really feel like, and it's good because it's coming soon, but I'm like, I'm really ready for spring. <laughs> well, we have had a pretty mild winter, so. It's we, been so rainy. I can't, as you can't. I know I'm in Seattle, but. Well, yeah, we got to have a little bit of that. I know. Well, and the thing is, is that it's it's uh, it gives us the gorgeous spring and the green all year long Absolutely. and all that. But I, if you, I don't question the wisdom of the seasons at all. But yeah, same here. Yeah. But I, I know there's probably a bunch of dogs that are getting antsy because they probably don't get walked as much yes. uh, when we have the rain. Well, the daylight thing, too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
I am writing a book, Eric. I'm actually just about done with it. And, um, well, it's it's been a long, a long process. It's been like three years-ish that I've, since I started actually working on it. And it's been a very humbling process. And I was talking to a client about it last night. And I'm um, just about done with the my part of the sort of creative part of writing it. And uh, now I'm kind of working on uh, building a new website and kind of getting some others, getting some ducks in a row, so to speak. And then we'll be uh, thinking about publishing and all that stuff. So uh, stay tuned for that. It's about my experience working with people and their dogs over the years, coaching people, mostly women. Most of my clients have been women, um, you know, over the last over decade that I've been doing this and, um, you know, coaching people how to communicate with their dogs which is nonverbal communication, um, uh, brings up a lot of opportunity for really um, great conversation about our relationship with our own bodies. Uh, Because if you're asking somebody to get present in their body and be aware of posture, for example, or how you're moving in space, um, what quality of energy you're generating, all of these kinds of subtleties that dogs are so really fluent in, it, it brings up a lot of opportunity for conversation about these more deeper sort of human psychology topics. Um, I'm certainly no exception. I heard somebody say, once you write the book, you need to read. And I feel like that's kind of been the case. Uh, it's been such an amazing process. And uh, it's so awesome to be almost done with it and ready to move on to other aspects of getting the book actually published and and all that good stuff, kind of more the business end of it. Um so, and I've learned so much in the process of researching as I've been writing it um, and then sharing, you know, my own sort of personal ways that I relate to this topic personally and, and my own journey. And, uh, you know, my own as I talk about, like our relationship with our bodies um, and also for women in particular in society, um, you know, if you're asking somebody to sort of be assertive and they're not really assertive in their life much or they're not necessarily comfortable um which you know there's another uh another pretty loaded topic um it's just a lot of opportunity for really great conversation so i'm super excited about it i'm thinking it's probably going to be published this fall uh so i will absolutely be keeping you posted about that process but i'm just about done with writing it so i'm looking forward to reading it and Looking forward to that exclusive interview with the author that Ooh. we have on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super exciting. Um, it's and I, it's been a, a humbling process too. So it's been great, great learning process. I really look forward to sharing it with uh, with everybody who wants to read it. Um, so I wanted to thank our partners, Natural Pet Pantry um, and Jet City Animal Clinic. Uh, love those businesses locally. Natural Pet Pantry makes raw and cooked food for dogs and cats. And uh, it's just awesome. Nutrition is so key. Food is one of the most important factors to health. So take a look at what you're feeding your pet and uh, consider getting them off of processed food. Uh, the So this week, I am, uh, after break, we're going to come back and I'm um, running a show that I did uh, a few years ago when I had a class of fourth grade students write letters to me asking me questions about dogs. And um, it was 
a really fun show. I, you know, looked up some of the answers that I didn't know um, and then, you know, answered the questions that I just knew because of my my own education and background. And then, of course, some of the students were just being funny with their questions. So it was really fun to read their letters. And uh, that's what we're going to run after the first break of this show. Looking for that was from Miss Haskell's fourth grade class. Um, there's a lot of kid humor in these questions. There's a lot of kid humor. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, so they were they were just really cute to participate. That's one of our favorites, and we're just updating that one. Um, so that'll be really fun to hear. A couple of announcements. The Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show is coming up in March. Uh, it is at CenturyLink Field Event Center uh, here in Seattle, right near the stadiums, March 12th and 13th. You can go to seattledogshow.org for more information about that. And uh, another event that I love is uh, not till June, but mark your calendars because it's a whole weekend and it's a really fun um, opportunity to actually get out of the city or wherever you are. Come to Vashon Island, which is just west of Seattle, June 9th through the 12th, the Vashon Sheepdog Classic at Misty Isle Farm. It's a wonderful event, uh, beautiful setting, local food, all sorts of great stuff. Um, VashonSheepdogClassic.com is the website for that. So get in touch with me, host at DogRadioShow.com, if you would like me to send you a free dog show car sticker, or maybe you want a few of them or several of them. Maybe you own a pet supply store somewhere and you'd like to have them for your customers, I'll send you a display and uh, as many as you want. So host at dogradioshow.com and we'll be back with all of my, I'll read all of the letters that I received from that fourth grade class and answer them all. Enjoy. The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. So let's get in with the uh, letters because uh, I want to try to get through all of these if possible. If not, I will um, probably come back to these at some point. Uh, I'm going to start off with a, with a very funny letter. Um, this is one of the funniest ones I think that we had. It says, um, Dear Julie, I really like dogs. Even enter just to let people know again, these are letters from a fourth grade class, uh, Miss Haskell's fourth grade class at Stevens Elementary School. And they've written me a um, bunch of letters, uh, taken the time to write me a, a whole stack of very nice letters asking me various questions about dogs and telling me also about dogs that they may have in their family. Fourth graders would be about nine years old, I think. Uh I think a little older than that. A little older? Ten? Ten? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll look that up. I I'll don't Google know. that. It's been a long sure. time I'm since I've been I'm a little out school. of touch. Yeah. yeah. All right. Dear Julie, uh, I'm going to start out with one of the funniest ones here. I really like dogs, even though I don't have any. My grandma has two miniature schnauzers, excellent spelling, by the way, that I really like. Their names are Coda and Triller. Anyway, I was writing to see how much hair the average dog has on its body. I want to know so that I can care so I can compare one with my dad. <laughs> I think what they what he means is so he can compare the amount of hair on an average dog with the amount of hair on his dad. Well, maybe he's got a hairy dad. It sounds like it. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, I looked for this, and it's 
there's not really much information of as far as how much hair is on a dog. Um, and it really depends, too, on the dog. I mean, mm-hmm. the dog breed and the size of the dog. I would assert that dogs typically have much more hair than people, even the hairiest of people. Yeah. And I think there's like, I've I got two different answers online about human heads. I read uh, one place said there's like a million hairs on a human head. Wow. And then I think another place said um, 100,000. So a lot but funny question and 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 by the way uh fourth graders are either nine or ten usually excellent so just checked on that thank you eric <laughs> all right dear oh, Ju- and, and the other thing i was going to say i think the real question there is uh if their dad has fleas yeah that's the real question you might want to check and if dad has fleas please do not use the topical flea treatments that's right because they're very harmful yes so really rather treat the environment Call, call flea busters. Call flea busters. They can treat dad's room. If your dad's pleased. <laughs> uh, dear Julie, my grandparents have two dachshunds. Their names are Truffles and Snickers. They run really fast. I want to know how fast can they run. Well, mm, I don't know. I don't know how fast Truffles and Snickers can run yeah. as individuals. Are they racing wieners is the question. Well, I it guess. sounds like they could be because yeah. apparently they are really fast. Um, but... So I looked up dachshunds and, you know, of course, it, wiener dog racing it, for fun and not for, you know, gambling pers- purposes or any for profit. <laughs> but generally as a fundraiser, um, wiener dog races are happening around the country. There was from the movie um, Wiener Takes All, mm-hmm. which is a documentary about the uh, Wiener Nationals. Excuse me. I got to correct you there. It's a documentary. It's a documentary. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, there was a dog, Baron, who is undefeated, a lifetime undefeated, and he was a standard dachshund, so he's a, he's a bit bigger than the minis, and he could run 50 yards in 4.22 seconds. Is that good? <laughs> I think so, and you can actually go online and watch videos of Baron running. He's fast. I've seen this because he, he was on the doc, the documentary. Mm-hmm. The website is superrunning.com, superrunning.com, and that's one word. 50 yards in 4.22 seconds. So perhaps Miss Haskell's fourth grade class could calculate. I don't know where they are in math in fourth grade, but perhaps they could calculate how many miles per hour. I think this is a project they can take on. Yes. And if they, I would love to also hear um, if they do calculate that, what they come up with. Baron, I will tell you, though, is very fast. He is not as fast, though, as the fastest dog breed, which is uh, widely accepted as the Greyhound, Mm -hmm. which can uh, reach a top speed of 45 miles per hour. Yeah. Most greyhound legs are longer than your average Most. wiener dog. <laughs> I would say all. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, and greyhounds being sight hounds, uh, they were bred to chase down, like um, Saluki's another sight hound, and they were bred to chase down and hunt gazelle. Gazelle are very fast. Yes. And a Saluki can actually catch a gazelle, chase it down. It's amazing. You can There's videos of it online. It is absolutely amazing to watch. Fastest top speed is a Greyhound, 45 miles per hour. I've heard Whippets are faster accelerating dogs. So they can accelerate faster, but they don't reach as high of a top speed. 
So we'll be back in uh, just a few minutes with more questions about dogs from Miss Haskell's fourth grade class at Stevens Elementary School. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Designing Health, makers of Missing Link, we cover the world of animals. This week, February 7th, it's a best Sunday with Dr. Nels Rasmussen, and we'll have open phone lines. Dr. Nels can help with emotional, behavioral, or physical problems. He can test for allergies, drug or supplement compatibility, and dosages for you or your animal friends. Call us for a free remote session. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. On the AM band at 1150 and on the FM HD band at 98.9 HD3. Alternative Talk 1150. The Dog Show is back with Julie Forbes. Welcome back to The Dog Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk 1150 AM. We are back with questions from fourth graders. I have received a stack of letters from Miss Haskell's fourth grade class at Stevens Elementary School. And uh, we're going through the letters right now and answering the questions, some of them quite funny. Uh, some of them I was not able to find the answers to, but yet interesting questions. All good questions. All good questions. So here's the next one. Dear Julie, I don't know much about dogs, but I do know that they like to play a lot and like a nice rub on the head. I was wondering why most dogs... Who doesn't, really? (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering why most dogs can't eat chocolate. And how old is the oldest dog? Mm, Both good questions. Yes. Dogs can't eat chocolate because of a uh, chemical called theobromine. That is a stimulant that's found in the cocoa bean. So if a dog eats, it's typically a large quantity of chocolate, and it yeah. depends on the type of chocolate. Milk chocolate, some would argue, is not real chocolate, and it's really just like butter and sugar. Uh, but it's the cocoa. So Baker's chocolate, you know, the the darker chocolate has more of that in it, so it would mm. be more dangerous. But that's why, because of the theobromine, which is a stimulant. Uh how old uh how old is the oldest dog well um i found there was the uh the guinness book of world records uh there was a dog who was 21 named chanel i believe who i think was a dachshund um i believe she's passed away but i did see some an article about a 26 year old terrier mix which is old so you know oldest dogs are going to be in their 20s i think typically low 20s and um, so I think the the current record holder, as far as I could tell, um, is 26 years old, which is 
very, very old. But I don't know if there was some speculation on whether that was true or not. But they said they had the uh, certificate, the vet certificate, as far as when the dog was born. So I, I think you're talking about Max, who uh, lives in Louisiana. Louisiana, yeah. yeah. The Terrier Cross, yeah. Yeah, 26. Um, and he's a good boy. He is. <laughs> <laughs> the average age of a dog, that's tough. It's it's uh, the very, It really varies so much. Um, you know, there's some breeds that don't typically live very long. Um, boxers are one of the breeds that are notorious for uh, having shorter lives. Um, larger breeds tend to live sh- uh, less than or a uh, shorter life than uh, small breeds. So it really can range anywhere from, you know, I'd say 10 to 20, roughly. Uh, roughly. Eric, did you get that? Very clever. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying, Eric. I'm trying to keep up with you. Um, so that's what I could find. Oldest dogs it seems to be 26. Dear Julie, I like dogs because some are cuddly, cute, and awesome. I want a chihuahua, but my family has four cats. I have a question for you. How many breeds of dogs are there? What I found was over 400. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I think that's in general. Now you could ask that question in many different ways. How many breeds are recognized by the American Kennel Club? Mm-hmm. And you could get more specific like that. But I found sort of consistently that there were around or over 400 different dog breeds. Dear Julie, I'm going to get a dog when we get grass and a fence. And I want to know what is the best kind of dog to get that is normally happy and is not too big or too small for a regular-sized house. I also want to know what is the best dog that likes to play with kids and does not destroy the house. A very good question. These are all good questions, but uh, a normal-sized house, that's the one that (laughs) (laughs) seems like hard to, you know... Yeah, Quantify well, for. Well, yeah, normally happy, normal size dog, normal size size. She wants a normal dog. Yeah. You can understand that. Um, you know, that's a tough question. One thing is do not buy a dog from a pet store because they come from a puppy mill. Or uh, be very careful online. I recommend um, going through a rescue organization. Um, if you are flexible on breed, if you just kind of want a medium sized dog and there is a rescue called three rivers rescue run by Kim Howard. And, uh, she does, uh, she has a lot of, do- uh, I think, um, I think a dozen, although I may be incorrect with that, but, uh, she's got dogs that come in and out that she, that she places that she gets from shelters and uh, she does uh, quite a bit of uh, evaluating of the dogs and training, just some initial temperament training and manners. And she can really tell you if a dog is good with kids or not um, and really give you a good sense for the temperament. So that's a good place to go is to go through, you know, well, there's so many different great ways to get to get dogs. Um, but if you're looking to adopt a dog, from a rescue, uh, this one, Three Rivers Rescue, is one that I'm aware of that has a very good sense for the dog's temperament. The number's 425-888-9322. There's lots of other rescue organizations in the area and uh, breed rescues. And then also, uh, if you're going to go through a breeder, you just want to make sure that you are going through a reputable breeder. That And I would go through a local kennel club or breed group to find those breeders. Be very careful when you're finding a dog. 
Excellent question. Dear Julie, I do not have a dog, but my neighbors have a Bernice Mountain Dog. He is about one year old. Bernice Mountain Dogs are supposed to get very big. I was wondering what the biggest kind of dog is and how big is it? Well, it really depends on how you define big, whether it's by weight or by height. Um, But it looks like the tallest dog is a Great Dane who is 42.2 inches tall and almost seven feet tall when he stands up. Um, It says here, however, Great Danes aren't typically the tallest dogs. Irish Wolfhounds are another gigantic breed. Uh, They are about three feet tall on average just at the shoulder. That's very tall. Um, Irish wolfhounds, though, although they're very tall, their weight ranges between 100, 105 and 125 pounds. So if you get to a, you know, if we're talking about heavy breeds, then we'd be talking more about mastiffs. I think there is an English mastiff named Zorba in the UK who weighed 343 pounds and was eight feet long. That's just gigantic. So... Um, mastiffs are considered to be the biggest dogs, I think, weight-wise. They're usually the heaviest, with weights over 200 pounds. Not uncommon. Bernice Mountain Dogs are pretty big, though. Those are definitely considered a very large breed dog. And that one-year-old Bernice Mountain Dog has quite a bit of filling out to do still. So, Okay, Eric. (laughs) Eric, perhaps you could help me answer this question because I was right, not able—I was not able to find much conclusive uh, information on the internet. Dear Julie, I was wondering if my brother would get sick if I fed him a raspberry that my dog pooped out. Oh, because I did. Oh, but it wasn't on purpose. Oh, wow. Well, I, she knows better than the rest of us. How how could that not be on purpose? That's. <laughs> That is the question. I'm not sure if this is a little bit of fourth grade imagination happening here. Yes, or, I, I think it is. Or, uh, you know, someone just trying to be funny, but it made me laugh. <laughs> it made me nauseous. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, I don't recommend. Yeah. Yeah, not a good idea. Clearly, yeah. Yes. Uh, could it, could potentially get dog, sick. It could. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a big no for that. Not a good idea. Although... The student did say that they did not do it on purpose. So Right. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, let's see. Dear Julie, my grandma has three dogs. Goldie, a golden retriever. Dingleweed is part Pomeranian and part Chihuahua. And Riley is a Boston Terrier. They're known to be gassy. What food or anything um, can prevent that? We are going to... Take a quick break, and I'll come back and answer that question after our break. It's a very good question. Gassy dogs. A gassy dingleweed in the house is (laughs) probably not not, not a great place. Not good, no. No, not fun at Grandma's house when when the dogs are farting. So, So we'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Shape. Shape it up. Get straight. The 
Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Never miss another episode. Listen to our podcast online at dogradioshow.com or download them for free on iTunes or SoundCloud. Eric, people ask me to help them with all sorts of doggy challenges. I can only imagine. Oh yeah, dogs jumping on guests, new puppy questions, behavioral challenges like fear and aggression, even dog food sensitivities. You name it, and I've probably worked with it. But can you help people even if they don't live in Seattle? Absolutely. I've had great success with phone consultations and have even Skyped with people and their dogs from all over the country. Every dog should be approached as a unique individual. I've talked about this over and over again on the show. That's one of the parts of working with dog training and behavior that I love the most. Every client is different. If you're listening and you need help with your dog, just get in touch. I'd love to get you pointed in the right direction and answer all of your questions. Email me, host at dogradioshow.com. That's me, Julie Forbes, host at dogradioshow.com. I look forward to connecting. Wait, dogs can use Skype? We're really living in the future. (laughs) Body, mind, and spirit. Alternative Talk 1150 covers it all. And now, back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Welcome back to The Dog Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Refreshing. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Eric, you made a good point with that question. Um, would my brother get sick if I fed him a raspberry that my dog pooped out? Right. Well, I was just saying that it made me sick just hearing about it, so chances are pretty good that it would make the brother sick as well. If it actually happened. Right. And chances are pretty good that the brother would pound you <laughs> into oblivion if he found out about this. Must so. have been a little brother. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know but how he's little brothers that in. eventually get older. Yes, they, and they do. And they have memories. And they don't forget. They don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these are letters from Miss Haskell's fourth grade class at Stevens Elementary School. They were kind enough to take the time and write me each a very thoughtful letter uh, asking me question about dogs or telling me and or telling me uh, about dogs and their family and sort of other thoughts about dogs. And we were just we had one of the most interesting ones that we got, which, like I said, I'm not sure if there's a little bit of fourth grade imagination going on here. But um, it says, Dear Julie, I was wondering if my brother would get sick if I fed him a raspberry that my dog pooped out. Because I did, but it wasn't on purpose. Mm. I don't know. I would question, though, if a raspberry would get, I mean, I would imagine just the seeds wouldn't be digested. So, this is, you know, who we we should should ask? (laughs) Pooper Scooper Barbie. Yes, we'll ask (laughs) Pooper Scooper. If it passed through Barbie's dog, then that would probably be okay. Because as we know, the food right. <laughs> that goes into Tanner is the yeah. same that comes out. And if you're wondering Tanner. what I'm talking about, go back a few weeks and listen to the uh, show where we discuss a lot of different things. One of those being an actual pooper scooper Barbie with a mm-hmm. dog. And there's a picture of her on the website, too. Well, the other thing is she cannot use the excuse that uh, the dog ate her homework because apparently... The homework will still be intact if the dog eats it. Yeah, it's, I don't know about that idea. I'd like to see a Bokashi cycle Barbie. Yes. And I'd like to see her try to do what I did last weekend and dig a hole big enough for two buckets of Bokashi cycle. 
All right. The big hole. <laughs> Next letter, please. All right. So back to the letter. My grandma has three dogs, Goldie, a golden retriever, Dingleweed is part Pomeranian and part Chihuahua, and Riley is a Boston Terrier. They're known to be gassy. What food or or uh, is there anything to prevent it? Boston Terriers certainly are known to be gassy. Uh, I have a friend who has a Boston Terrier who is very gassy. And, uh, you know, this one... Generally speaking, you want to feed a high-quality food. And when I say high-quality food, I do not mean one of those gigantic company foods that you could find at a grocery store or pet superstore. What I mean by high-quality food is a smaller company, a food that you would buy at a... uh, if, If there is one available to you, there are tons in this area, but I realize that Throughout the rest of the country, they are not always that accessible. But generally speaking, you're wanting to feed a very high-quality food with low grain or no grain. And ideally, that's min- minimally processed. Uh, for those folks that are locally listening, uh, the Natural Pet Pantry makes wonderful uh, both raw and cooked food diets that you can get um, very minimally processed. I mean, it actually looks like food. Um, rather than a pellet form, which is what you would get in a dry bag of kibble. I've, uh, I know that my friend's Boston Terrier, he, he did very, very well on raw food. And when he would eat dry food, even, you know, one very high quality dry food with no grain and all that stuff, it still made him gassy. So it was uh, too much for his system to handle. And he did much, much better on um, raw food diet. I think, or lightly cooked. So not sure where, um, where this student's grandma lives with these free, with these three dogs, but I would be curious as to what the dogs are eating. And if it's a, a, a brand of food that you buy at a grocery store or something like that to tell your grandma to go to a natural pet food store and ask them enzymes and probiotics as a supplement are also a great idea for dogs with digestive issues. Um, it's just a, odorless, tasteless powder that you can sprinkle onto the food, and that can really help aid in digestion and decrease gas. Also another great supplement, not necessarily for gas, but just an important supplement in general, as is true for humans, is salmon oil or fish oil or flax oil. But uh, I think the fish oils are a little more what dogs are intended to eat. All right. Excellent questions. Dear Julie, I have two dogs. Their names are Percy and Kai. Percy is a Shih Tzu Pomeranian and Kai is a Golden Retriever. This is a very good question. I have a question about dogs. I was wondering how many times you should walk a little dog a week versus a big dog. Hmm. Yes. That, that's one that we haven't addressed on the show before. No, and it's it's an excellent question. And I have a little dog and... Uh, they're not huge dogs, but they're very high energy. The cattle dogs doesn't get much higher energy than these guys. And then my dachshund. So I think that the most importantly, both need exercise. So just because the dog is little doesn't mean that they don't need a lot of exercise. I'm working with a wire fox terrier right now whose mom runs marathons and she trains with her and she doesn't take the dog on, you know, the super, super long distances, but she'll run the dog, I think, over 10 miles. And this is an older dog, too. She's seven years old. 
Why are Fox Terrier? So little dogs, you know, I think that they are underestimated, generally speaking, and they're still dogs. And you, just because they're little and, you know, even the, the the foofiest looking dogs are still dogs that have all of the same dog instincts and needs. And they are typically very smart. So the little dogs can end up being very problematic. And a lot of people find uh, their you know, six pound dog can end up running their life um, if they are uncontrollably barking or being aggressive or whatever. So very important to give the little dog um, some exercise. Maybe doesn't need, you know, for this one, it's a Shih Tzu Pomeranian mix, maybe doesn't need as much exercise as the golden. But I know Leia is used to going on all of the same walks that the cattle dogs go on. And she was raised with Chewy, who passed away last September, but he was a gigantic lab mix, lab sighthound mix, actually. And she went on all the walks with him, too. So, so uh, now this question specifically says how many times you should walk a little dog a week. How many times? And I would say just as many. Maybe not just as long, depending on the little dog. But a lot of little dogs can keep up just fine and even go further than a lot of big dogs. I mean, there's some big dogs like a Newfoundland or, you know, these gigantic breeds that are more slow moving and they could never, you know, run 10 miles. But a little wire fox terrier that's wound pretty tight could. So always looking at the individual dogs, uh, mainly very important that the dogs, I think, how many times a week? Should a little dog versus a big dog get walked? I would say the same. And every day would be my answer for both of them. Always a good day to take your dog on a walk. Interesting question here. Dear Julie, I have two dogs. One's a terrier and another is a boxer. Do dogs have asthma? Hmm. Yes. And I actually had two students who asked me if dogs can get asthma. So... The answer is yes. Interesting. Yes. I uh, found this, um, you know, looked online. This is from sweet101.com. Many dog owners will at some point observe, we observe wheezing or other breathing difficulties in their pet, causing them to wonder, can my dog get asthma? Or what are the symptoms of asthma in a dog? Dogs can get asthma just like humans. Other pets, including cats, can get asthma as well. Asthma is actually much more common in cats than in dogs. Diagnosing a dog with asthma is fairly straightforward, though treating a dog's breathing problems can be more complex. Like treating human cases of asthma, dog owners must work with their veterinarian to find the precise combination of treatments and medications that will most effectively control the pet's asthma. Uh, causes and symptoms of an asthma attack in a dog. A dog's asthma attack can be triggered by allergies, irritants like cigarette smoke or dust, dry air, exercise, other forms of exertion. Human you know, dander. Excess barking. <laughs> <laughs> dogs allergic to humans. I don't know about that. But, you know, when we're talking about allergies, and this is typically what I'm going to go back to in most cases, it's always looking at the food because it's such a such a, a source of inflammation in the body. And uh, I really recommend, um, you know, for something like this to get a balanced perspective, you know, if you feel like your dog maybe has asthma 
it would be a good idea to maybe go to a regular vet and also see a holistic vet to get the different perspectives because oftentimes holistic vets have uh, some answers on their radar that uh, regular vets just don't have access to. So different perspectives are always valuable and uh, I would be, be very, very curious about diet and I always recommend a more natural diet not a prescription type diet. Those typically, I do not find them to be very healthy based off what I read in the ingredients. So excellent question. We are going to take a break and we'll be back in a few minutes with more questions for me about dogs from Miss Haskell's fourth grade class at Stevens Elementary School. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. A clapping dog. Harmonic dog. The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. Three ways to listen on the AM dial at 1150, on the FM HD dial at 98.9 HD3, or online at 1150kknw.com. One great station. Alternative Talk 1150. And now, back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Welcome back to The Dog Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And we are reading letters from Miss Haskell's fourth grade class at Stevens Elementary School. Lots of letters. Going to try to get through them all today. Dear Julie, I don't have a dog. I really like dogs. I like dogs because they are kind and fuzzy. I have two questions. How much do dogs shed? And two, is it possible that dogs can have asthma? So that's the other asthma question. Just answered that. How much do dogs shed? Depends. Depends on the breed, really, right? Largely. Some dogs don't shed at all. Some dogs have hair, like poodles, uh, Bichon, Frises, uh, lots, all the, many of the poodle mixes now are known as more hypoallergenic and don't shed. And then you get uh, some dogs that shed a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, cattle dogs shed a lot. <laughs> My dachshund, not so much. So it really depends on the type of dog, and there are some dog breeds that don't shed a lot, if that's something that uh, you are concerned about. Uh, Dear Julie, I have two dogs at home, Brax and Riley. I have a question about dogs eating human food. Brax loves vegetables. He once ate five raw Brussels sprouts that fell on the floor. He was fine, but are there any foods that might poison him? Yes, here is a list of some poisonous foods for dogs. And there are, all, there are also poisonous plants for dogs that I talked about last week. Uh, macadamia nuts, chocolate, xylitol, which is a, I guess not technically an artificial sweetener, but not sugar. Uh, grapes and raisins and onions. 
Dear Julie, I had a dog named Marley. He had to be put to sleep when he was 18. The reason we had to put him to sleep was because he was throwing up blood. I would like to ask how old is the oldest dog in the world? Well, that would be the 26-year-old dog. Don't remember his name, but um, he's a terrier mix, and it seems like he's 26. But it is very sad when your dog dies and you have to put them to sleep. And um, and I just had to do that to my to my dog, Chewy, uh, last September. I had to put him to sleep Um and it was very sad, and I still miss him a lot, So, but I still love him very much. Dear Julie, I have a dog named Gus. He's a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. He's three years old. He has some jumping problems, but he only jumps so he can lick you, not bite you. I love him. I love dogs in general. I have a question about how many dog breeds there are. I know there is a lot, but I am just curious. Thank you. Uh, over 400 dog breeds in general. Um don't know specifically if you were to ask how many breeds are um, recognized by the American Kennel Club, or you could get more specific, but there are several hundred. Dear Julie, I don't have a dog, but I want to get used to them. I don't like when they hop on me, and I don't like it. Also, I want to pet one, but it's so hard it moves too much. Uh, And then this one asks about um, hair how much hair is on a dog as well. Uh, You know, sometimes when dogs are really excited and are jumping around or jumping up on you, it can be scary. And um, so that sounds like, um, you know, might if if it's a sort of scary for that, for the person, then it would be good for that person if they want to get more comfortable with dogs to meet some dogs that are a little bit calmer and, um, who will hold still long enough for you to pet them and say hi and get to know them a little bit. But that can be overwhelming, especially if it's a, a big dog and, um, and a little person, then if that dog is jumping around a lot and jumps on you, then that can be scary and it can even hurt. So, um, (laughs) a lot of people are asking about dog hair. A lot of these kids are asking about dog hair. Here's an interesting one. Dear Julie, I like dogs because they're cute and fun to play with. Uh, When you lose something, your dog can find it. You get to pet it. They're so cute. Uh, One question. Do you love him forever? Hmm, I would say yes. Yeah, of course. You know, your dog doesn't have to be alive still for you to still love them. So... Dear Julie, my grandpa has a dog. I love them because they're furry, fuzzy, rowdy, and sometimes when you throw a stick or a tennis ball, they go get it. But I can't have a dog because my mom's allergic. I have a question. Do you know if there's any food that dogs can eat? Thanks for your time. (laughs) (laughs) One would hope there is food that dogs can eat. I'm, I'm not sure if he maybe means if there are, like, people types of people food that dogs can eat i just listed some of the foods um that they shouldn't eat that they shouldn't eat um and you know to answer that question on the flip side dogs so dogs have been evolving with people for over fourteen thousand years so thousands and thousands and thousands of years dogs and humans have been living together and commercial pet food has only been around really for about 75 to 100 years. 
So if you look at the commercial, more processed foods like we know them now for, let's say, let's say generously 100 years, but dogs and people have been living together for 14,000 years. Well, what were they eating before those commercial pet foods were available? And the answer is the generally leftovers. They were eating what we were eating. Exactly. And, you know, back in the day, even 100 years ago, what people were eating is looked much different than what people are eating now. Hmm. Um, not for the better. Uh, all the, you know, foods just get more and more processed and this refined sugar is in everything and, you know, processed um, carbohydrates and all this type of stuff. So um, dogs, though, can generally eat most of what people can eat if it's healthy people food. If you know, if you went to a farmer's market, most of what you would find at the farmer's market is um, okay for dogs to eat, except for some of the things that I said here, like the chocolate and the grapes and raisins and onions. And all the things that aren't really good for us are not really good for your dog as well. True. So probably yes. not a good idea to give them a lot of potato chips. No. Not potato chips or candy or, mm. you know, cookies or fast food. Bad news. But uh, generally speaking, dogs can eat lots of different types of food. And the more whole the food is, the better. Um, okay, that was that one. And Dear Julie, I had two. They died. It was sad. How do you teach an old dog a new trick? <laughs> well, you can't. We all know that. <laughs> you just can't. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yes, you can. Oh, you can? Yes. That flies in the face of conventional wisdom well, and a common I expression. Wouldn't, I wouldn't call it wisdom. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can teach an old dog new tricks. It just takes typically takes more time. So you have to be patient in general when you're teaching dogs tricks or, or training them. Um, older dogs, though, can certainly learn new things. It would be like saying an older person is not able to learn new things. The day we stop learning is the day we die. So as far as how to teach an old dog a new trick, that's not, we don't have enough time to get into that. But, but patience is key. Absolutely. Noted. It just can take a little bit longer. Uh, Dear Julie, I love dogs. I love how little dogs jump on you. It's cute. We just had a dog, but he died. I want a new dog. We would like a dog that is friendly, doesn't bark that much, easy to train, and you don't have to groom it that often. <laughs> well, that's great. So you're clear about what kind of dog you want. And I, um, like I said, there are some dog breeds that don't require much grooming, but may shed a lot. So just because a dog doesn't need to be groomed doesn't mean that they don't shed. Um, as far as finding a new dog, um, I talked about that a little bit earlier. Lots of ways to find new dogs for your family. I do not recommend, however, buying from a pet store or from um, be very, very careful if you look online. Uh, I have one, dear Julie, I have one dog. I do not know what breed he is. He is black and furry. Also, when he gets old, his chest turns white. He's very active. Each time I open the door to get inside, he bites on the bottom of my pants. When he is hungry, he stands up on two legs for a long time. I have a question. How long can a dog survive without any food? 
You know, I don't know the answer to that, and I really wouldn't want to find out because that's sort of sad to me. Yeah. But um, I imagine they can probably survive. I think people can survive for like a week or two weeks. I think mm-hmm. it probably depends on the person. Another question about how big can dogs get? I talked about that with the Great Danes and the Mastiffs and the Irish Wolfhounds. Uh, another question here about how many dog breeds there are. And a question, just a story about his dog that they adopted and was skinny, but now he is fat. So that's all of them. So that was uh, just a blast for me to read through all of those questions written by Miss Haskell's fourth grade class at Stevens Elementary School. Thank you to all those fourth grade students who wrote in and for Miss Haskell for coordinating that. That was so fun reading all the letters and answering the questions. Remember to email me host at dogradioshow.com if you'd like me to send you a free dog show car sticker. Just send me your address and I'll get them out to you. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Never miss another episode. Listen to our podcast online at dogradioshow.com or download them for free on iTunes or SoundCloud. Eric, people ask me to help them with all sorts of doggy challenges. I can only imagine. Oh yeah, dogs jumping on guests, new puppy questions, behavioral challenges like fear and aggression, Even dog food sensitivities. You name it, and I've probably worked with it. But can you help people even if they don't live in Seattle? Absolutely. I've had great success with phone consultations and have even Skyped with people and their dogs from all over the country. Every dog should be approached as a unique individual. I've talked about this over and over again on the show. That's one of the parts of working with dog training and behavior that I love the most. Every client is different. If you're listening and you need help with your dog, just get in touch. I'd love to get you pointed in the right direction and answer all of your questions. Email me, host at dogradioshow.com. That's me, Julie Forbes, host at dogradioshow.com. I look forward to connecting. Wait, dogs can use Skype? We're really living in the future. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options, to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice.